2: Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aide, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast.
3: Hello, guys. I'm so excited. We are so excited. Welcome back to M.A.F.S. Season 17, Episode 1. Can you believe it, Aide? Hi.
2: I can't really believe it. I'm like, is this for real? Like, this show is actually back.
3: It is. It is. I'm very, very excited to talk about this episode. Like, there's so many things to talk about. Like, (laughs) this break was good. (laughs) But before we get into it, um, do you have any housekeeping that you want to share with the people?
2: I want to share with the people that now that we're back and we have After Party, After Party will be on Patreon. You can check our Patreon for our different tiers. Um, We will also have episodes on other things, um, on other shows, eventually. But we will definitely have After Party on Patreon every week again, because we're back!
3: Yep, and this week the episode was an hour, so...
2: Yeah, um, um, oh, this week we are bringing the episode a little bit delayed um, due to my travel, because I was in Denver of all places, and then next week will also be delayed because I'm traveling again. Um, but we will eventually get back to being on our regular rotation most of the time. Yes.
3: Either way, you guys will still be getting an episode.
2: Yay. Yay. So, Tane, what is happening in Mathsland?
3: I don't think I have anything really exciting. Um, Shaq defended his thesis, so he is now Dr. Dylan, which is actually pretty
2: cool stuff. I'm not going to lie. I'm happy for him.
3: Yeah. He went through a lot.
2: And we saw him go through a lot. So it's like, (laughs) I saw you go through it. I'm really happy that you got your PhD completed as you wanted to.
3: Yeah. And I don't know. um, They all celebrated. I don't know where they were. My guess is in Nashville. But um, Clint was there. Uh, Eris was there. Nicole, Chris, and Kirsten. And it made me think, you know, how you said, like, there are no maths couples that say no and become friends. And I don't know if they're jinxing it. And I'm wondering if I said this in the last episode. Oops.
2: You did, but you didn't. <laughs> I was all like, no, they're not really friends. But you're like, he, she was at his graduation party. So looks like they're friends.
3: <laughs> um, Ashley from the Chicago season did a Ask Me Anything. And someone asked her if it was better how they used to do it in the old days where you found your own apartment or the new thing where they provide the furnished apartments for them. And it's just like, honestly, they made it look like we found our own apartment, but no, they found it for us. (laughs) 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 Uh, But either way, I would think the furnished apartment would be a better look. You don't have to, you know, look for anything else. It's furnished and it just seems modern and updated. So why the hell not? So.
2: I, I I'm a like I get that this is supposed to be challenging and mimic real life, but the more I see how many challenges people have, I feel like removing barriers, yep, getting them somewhere to live is
3: a good idea. It's the least you could do for people who are agreeing to marry a stranger and have it televised. <laughs> um, last week I mentioned that I wasn't sure if Amani and brie brie sorry last week i mentioned i wasn't sure if amani and brie had like a company together and you told me that they did and i confirmed it and saw that it's called bella rain which if you don't know is the names of their kids um brie's daughter's name is bella and woody and amani's son is rain so cute
2: like I very said, cute have you do they have a website do they have an instagram that's what
3: I, I haven't seen it, but I should probably dive deeper because I'm definitely supporting. So I'm definitely going to get the sweater set. So stay tuned. Maps is taking my money. And here I am talking about influencers and being influenced. <laughs> um, because we, you know, I was about to say we live in DC, but you left us. But because DC is near and dear to us. Um, I'm just mentioning that Beth was in DC. I don't know what she was here for, but Ares was in DC for like, I don't, was a marathon or something? Some kind of race, but he was here also. And I'm always like, I don't understand why I cannot run into these people at the right time. Even with the Real house of Potomac people, I just don't understand why I cannot run into them filming. Is that too much to ask for?
2: (laughs) Apparently so. (laughs) Apparently so. so. I'm here in Houston, keeping my eyes peeled for the Houston people. One time I thought I saw Bao, and then I went to her Instagram and realized that it was impossible for me to have seen her. um, (laughs) At the location where I was. Um, But uh, we're trying. We're trying. And then, of course, the funny thing was, I hadn't really looked up the Denver people. But I honestly did not really leave the hotel. Um, where my event was this past week, to go looking for anybody. So.
3: (laughs) Well, you missed your chance. I will say, though, speaking of me saying I didn't run into anyone, I will, as an antidote, just say, like, I ran into Karen from Real Housewives of Potomac at the TJ Maxx by my house. So that was funny.
2: I mean, you have to throw in there that it was a few years ago. Do you think she's still shopping at TJ Maxx? Uh, yes, because I think <laughs> she can
3: still, she could have afforded it. I think she's just all around because my friend ran into her at Tyson's at the mall. And also, I don't think there's a money or salary range to shopping at TJ Maxx. Something about <laughs> TJ Maxx is just calming because even Bethany shops at TJ Maxx. It's just something about it. Like,
2: ooh. So I, I don't, don't know. I don't have For specific items, but. I find the clothes to be like, it stresses me out the variety. And so I usually can't do it. It's like a couple of times a year I can try to buy clothes from there.
3: Oh, I think that's funny because honestly, when you say TJ Maxx, I'm not even thinking about clothes. Like that is not even (laughs) in my radar to buy clothes. It's more for like the home goodie, home goods type stuff.
2: I am obsessed with home goods. I'm obsessed with the seasons. I just decorated my house for fall. Um, I could go to, I think going to Goods once a month is good for the soul.
3: <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So, finally, the Atlanta girls had a meetup. So, all of them, complete Paige, Virginia, Claire, and baby Bella in tow. And that's all I got for the MAPS happenings. Okay. All right. Now, this episode. Can you share with us what you thought? Your summary of episode one.
2: I'm like cautiously optimistic because I feel like they heard some of our suggestions and took it. I felt like this episode, for the most part, moved fairly quickly. I was filled with glee.
3: It's like... (laughs) dating someone for so long, and maybe things have gotten stale, but you know, you've been complaining about certain things you'd like them to change, and then you've been noticing, and maybe you took a break and decided to come back together, and you notice the changes in them, and they're good changes, and then you get excited again. That's how I felt about the episode. I'm just like, I know I'm being stupid because maths is gonna maths, and it's going to be what it is going to be. Pasacal already said, like, there's going to be a lot happening. And we can clearly see they're going for the drama. They're still on their bullshit of matching interesting people together. But I was excited. I thought I had fun. And I think that Denver, you know, the way we said San Diego had its own vibe. I think Denver has its own DNA. I think and so, excited. too. I'm excited for us to dive into it and what they're going to give us because they're a bunch of interesting people. So
2: without I, further ado, oh, go ahead. I felt like they, and this is the problem, trying to remember what has happened for the past five years. But I was like, did they skip over a bunch of stuff and put it in like kickoff specials and matchmaking specials? Like don't we usually see people being told that they're matched? yeah. I'm, and we didn't see any of that. We just dove straight into the action. Yep. I'm about to do the
3: same here. So first of all, this episode is called Mile High Matrimony. And I was going to ask if you had any thoughts why you think
2: it was named that. Because Denver is the Mile High City.
3: Ah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I have to say, like, the the poster this year is quite interesting. Usually we have all the couples But this time it's just two people in, I don't know, ski masks, ski glasses. I don't know what it's called. And then it's frosted over. That was a choice. Yeah. I'm just, why deviate? But again, it looks like the whole theme is deviating this episode. I don't think I'm going to complain. So I'll take it, whatever. It's just a picture. (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing I see is a wedding day caption at the bottom. And like you said, I'm so confused. I'm like, I rewound. I checked my time on my DVR, like, okay, did I miss something? And then I see a man just telling us we have no name, no workout, no nothing. Just someone saying, you know, I want to watch a scary movie with my wife. And then we see him at the end of the aisle ready for his bride. And I'm like, no. Like, really? Are we starting with a wedding? So this man is wearing um, a crown. He's wearing an all black tux. He has a scepter also with a pink bow tie. I'm like a little bit much, but the Redditors are saying that this was gifted to him by his bride to be. I don't know what's true or not, but okay. if, that, if that was the case, I understand him wearing it because it's like if you give jewelry to your bride, it was nice. It's a nice gesture if they wear it. But uh, at the time, I, I, I didn't know this. So I'm just like, that is a lot to meet someone with for the first time. (laughs) Um, Not helping his case, this man, and I'm saying this man because at this point we do not know his name, but this man (laughs) calls himself an acquired taste. And I'm like, okay, again, another interesting way to describe yourself. But at this point, Aid, I'm just like, he reminds me of Amelia. The same curly, messy hair, the same side (laughs) smooth, the same round glasses, the same pierced nose. And I'm like, wow, this is interesting. And then, six minutes and 30 seconds into the episode, we find out that his name is Michael. So, hello, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He gets to the end of the aisle and then he asks, listen, they've already showed us him at the end of the aisle, but then they show us him again. And he says, he asked the bride's, um, family, um, are you panicked now that you see me? Um, I should add that he has dangly earrings and has a tattoo behind each ear. And he's telling us that his biggest fear is that she sees him and she is not attracted to him. Oh, um, The location is interesting. I don't know if you noticed, but they look really squished. Like they were in a little box. It was a really small
1: room.
2: I was observing and I thought they've tried here to do like decor, but the decor is not natural to the space. I think I said this about the um, Love is Blind weddings and it was the same thing. Mm. They have to do a little bit better. They do.
3: And I was like, did they reduce the number of guests they could have? It just really seemed... Uh, small. So the bride walks in. We do not see her face. He tells her that she thinks she's beautiful. And the next thing we hear is, I don't think I can do this. And the crowd is like, (laughs) 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 and then we see his friends consoling him as he cries. And then they decide to flash back to two weeks earlier. And then I was like, we are in for a good season, aren't we?
2: we are in for a good first episode halfway through this entire sequence. I was like, Oh, we're going to do a 90 day fiance because I don't know how we arrived here. So I assume <laughs> that we're going to go to sometime in the past and we will figure out how we arrived here with this no show bride.
3: Yeah. Um, I don't know if I should wait till later, but
2: I just, do you think we have the right to see her face? I am also, is she going to, I hate to skip ahead, but all the way up to after party, we seem to be allowing her some sort of anonymity.
3: Yes, I don't think we're good because even in the People magazine, there was no picture. So it looks like they're making the choice not to include her, but shouldn't she have signed an agreement anyways before she filmed? So why is she getting an exception?
2: I don't know, but it's very interesting that Kinetic also does Love is Blind and they have a whole thing about not sh- like showing certain people or not using them for the show. So I, I don't know. I, I'm quite confused. I was hoping that at some point we would know her name or something about her. They have a whole intro package on her, I'm sure. So where is it?
3: You know where it is? Probably a Mass fan. um yeah i don't know how she managed to do that but okay i do think that they should have shared it but that's just me okay so now we get to the section where they are all breaking the news to their family and friends so we start with michael and michael's friends seem excited for him and he says that she has to be eccentric um michael's oh this season we do not have Descriptors, if you will. We don't have the stuck up girl or the Disney princess and all that. We have none of that this season. So they listen to us. Well, did Uh, uh, they listen to me? You did (laughs) because I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) They listen to you. But we know what's never going away. Every single person is into working out. We do not have one person who's just like, fuck that. I don't like working out. Everyone does some activity. So Michael is boxing, he's 38 says he's not the typical Denver guy, and there is a Denver archetype, which we will find out in some of our grooms. But listeners in Denver, I would like to know if this is an accurate statement, and if you could like follow that up with what the Denver archetype is. I mean, I feel like I have an idea, but I want to hear from the Denver residents themselves.
2: <laughs> I would like to hear from them, but it's funny because as I was in Denver this past week, I felt like I heard about this archetypal person from Denver. Mm -hmm. Like, it was mentioned to me in casual conversation. Like, well, you know, people who live here really like this. They like to be outdoors. They like hiking. If you're not like that, you don't really fit in here. Um, Like, like even even reference to, like, the guys here XYZ. So I, I would love to hear from the Denver people more about this stereotype, if you will. Yeah.
3: So um, Michael works in the tech industry, and he wants to get married because he's at the apex of the most confident that he has ever been. Um, His friend Claire says, worst case scenario, it goes horribly wrong. How would you cope with that? He's like, I don't know, but I think it'll be a struggle to get over.
2: And knowing what we know, it makes the show better. Oh, we (laughs) have seen what's about to happen. (laughs) Hairs are like it was great. That was that was some great editing.
3: (laughs) Um, like Aid said, we move quickly to the next couple. It is Emily and Brennan. I have not seen this girl in my life, but Emily looks so familiar. And I'm like, who does she look like? I settled with, for those of you who watch Love Island, she looks like Deb Chubb. Who was on love island usa and that's the best i could settle with because i don't think i've ever met her she's 29 and the life of the party she's high energy and she wants someone that can help her tone it down and then the conversation starter or descriptor they're not giving descriptors but there's one thing they make them say a million and ten times she has never been in a serious relationship she kept on
2: saying she was high energy but her vibe didn't give me high energy not even the Bachelorette party? A little bit, but that was drunken energy. Not I don't know. The whole package, I'm like, I don't know. You you don't seem that high energy to me. <laughs> um, so
3: um, she said she's never been in a serious relationship, and I guess there's that question of is that a good thing, is that a bad thing? I don't know. I don't know if that would be top of the pick for me, but what do you think?
2: Hmm. I think she provided a fairly good explanation of why. Like, it's not like she hasn't been trying. I think the conclusion that I felt like I was supposed to come to is, oh, the only reason a person who would have never been in a relationship is because they're so sucky that no one can ever make it past a third date with them. And I honestly just didn't get that vibe from her.
3: Uh, oh, I did. Okay. <laughs> and then After Party kind of confirmed it. I was not a fan of her on After Party. I, I would say that. We will talk about that, but I was like, hmm. Um, Listen, during the episode, Nicole from season 16 did uh, Ask Me Anything. And one of the many questions was, what do you think about them casting someone who has never been in a serious relationship? And she said she would rather someone who's never been in a serious relationship than somebody who has been in a relationship and comes with all the baggage and all of the things that it's hard to get over. But with this, you can at least mold the person and all that good stuff. So that is an angle. I'm not saying that it's not an angle. I can see how that works, but I don't know. We just got through Iris who had never been in a relationship and we see how that played out. And I'm just, if I had to pick, I would not match someone who has never, like, don't come here to find out if you can be in a serious relationship at the expense of somebody else. That's just my thing. And we've done it with Iris too. Well, she just, I couldn't remember had she had a serious relationship. I recall that she hadn't, but I could be wrong.
2: I couldn't remember either, but I thought it was interesting that while we heard that she had never been in a serious relationship, there was never any disgust of her virginity. Um, oh, she's so, having I, sex. Oh, So yeah. I was like, okay, well, despite the lack of relationships, you have managed to have sex. Otherwise, we'd be talking about that all the time.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was inferred that she's been in situationships. And honestly, I honestly, okay, I don't have any statistics but I just honestly feel in this day and age more people are in situationships than relationships because I don't know it's just what it was it's really easy to fall into a situationship but that's an aside but her sports is (laughs) her sports is pilates and we see her on a peloton bike and she's in sales she lets her friends know that she's engaged and her friends are pessimistic (laughs) and that made me even more like oh god I don't know because Her friend is like, you know, to be the best wife, she has to be into what makes other people happy. And she's focused on herself. And there was some kind of part where they threw shade where she said, um, Emily was like, I'm just doing me and focusing on myself. And the friend muttered under her breath, that's all you ever do when you focus on yourself. So I'm like, okay. So we have someone that's not been in this relationship and seems to be a selfish person. So how, again, is this a good match? But stranger things have happened.
2: When her friend threw shade, I was like, wow, that's your friend? Um, (laughs) Because without saying it, she basically said the reason why she's never been in a relationship is because she's selfish. Um, And I'm like, that's your friend? Or she's never thought of someone besides herself. Once again, that's your friend?
3: What should her... Okay, is the crime that she said it on TV
2: or should she lie i think i mean for the sake of still being her friend afterwards maybe you should lie but who's gonna tell you about yourself besides your actual true friends so i can see it being something she's already said to her um i would hope before she said it on tv but (laughs) i just thought how are you hoping to still be friends (laughs) that's what i was thinking i mean
3: honesty she has to be able to take that and work on herself because Based on after party I, again, I think she proved her friend right. She's like it's not my fault, it's them. The problem is them. And I'm like anyone who says that and does not take accountability on the things I could work on on myself, that's a problem. But hey.
2: Um, but, you know, oh. I just I'm but a lot of conclusions are going to be drawn from whether or not this marriage works out. And uh, we'll see.
3: Well, I mean, they're matching her with someone who said, even if I hate my wife, I'm not divorcing. So, you know, I don't know. So her fiance is Brennan. He is 28. And he tells his friends that he's engaged as they ask, I hope jokingly, who's the lucky lady because they do know it's married at first sight. And Brennan is originally from New York. His sport is lifting weights. And he said verbatim, I used to be a little bitch and let things bother me but not anymore. <laughs> Are you not entertained? He says his parents' marriage, like, you know, they've been together for 30 years, but they don't know how to communicate and it's affected his relationship. And I'm like, um, you want to communicate a relationship with someone that's about themselves, that's where they match, but hey, maybe they can teach each other something. He said he still considers his parents' ma- uh, marriage an inspiration, because they preserved and stuck it out for 30 years. I'm going to say something, and I don't know if I'm going to get flack for it, but um, it's just my personal thought. I think it's a dangerous message to tell people to stick it out no matter what in a marriage. I'm not saying that you shouldn't work things out. they are not going to be tough times and all that stuff. But endurance and suffering and unhappiness is not a successful marriage. And I think when people are going through serious things or in a marriage that they should not be in, they tend to stick it out longer because they remember the things people are saying, like, oh, you're a failure or you didn't work hard or you didn't do this. And it's just a dangerous message, I think, without the caveat of if it's not serving you or if it's just an unhealthy situation,
2: it is okay to leave. Agreed. If you'd get fl- I mean, I don't know why you'd get flack for it. I think we oh. need to like divorce ourselves from the idea that just because a marriage lasted that it was good. Yeah. And I'm not sure if Brennan has come to that conclusion himself. He's like, well, they're still together, so it's good. And I'm like, have they perhaps learned things? Are they enjoying each other's company now when there's not young kids at home? Like... just because they're still together doesn't mean it's a successful marriage i need you to give me some more attributes about this marriage that make it successful than they've been at it for 30 years
3: but it's also very interesting because he recognizes that his parents don't know how to communicate and it's affected his romantic relationships as an adult but then he said he still considers an inspiration and i'm like um where do you stand like those are two conflicting messages so I don't know. But then I don't know also if it's a culture thing because we find out later his parents are Russian.
2: That felt like it was dropped out of the clear blue sky. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. I think when, when the wedding came around and I heard an accent and I was like, oh, did they tell us where they were from? And then he, he just casually mentioned it, right?
2: Um, He mentioned it when he was talking to one of his groomsmen. Ah, Because he said something about her being, I don't know what his exact thing was, but I heard her being regular white and like dealing with his his Russian parents. And I got the sense that like Russian, I think people forget that like, just because everybody's white doesn't mean the cultures can't be different. And so there's a Russian culture that she's probably different from, might be different from, and he was talking about that. Ah, okay, okay. But
3: anyways, yeah, his friend was like, but yeah, what if this is not right for you? Will you live with someone not right for you for the rest of your life? And he's like, yeah, it's my wife. I have to. And I'm like, oof, okay. So Pascal says, even though she has never been in a relationship, they believe that she is ready to be the supportive partner that he longs for. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah.
3: Um. Really random. It took 21 minutes before we had our first commercial.
2: oh i didn't notice that
3: just to show because i kept saying okay did i skip a commercial did i skip a commercial and i was like okay you really should be there."
2: the the keisha interstitials yes i don't think that's a great idea i just felt like i was being tricked to not fast forward through commercials and i fast forward through them anyway
3: yeah i don't you know i'm just offended by the whole thing it's just an insult First they started with the questions and after party where we know no one's watching it and they filmed it. Now they're doing like a poll that she's going to announce during, who cares? So it's just a little like unnecessary, but yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a little break and I will be right back to talk about the other couples.
2: Life doesn't happen biweekly, weekly So why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn ends. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck, then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation
3: download earn in today spelled e-a-r-n-i-n in the google play or apple app store when you download the EarnIn app type in auto call on the podcast when you sign up it'll really help the show that's auto call on the podcast subject to your available earnings location daily max and pay period max see earnin.com tos for details EarnIn is a financial technology company not a bank Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off and those cravings when you feel like you could eat anything in sight? Well, there's a
2: solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with EstroControl. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today.
3: If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero-Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess mocktail sampler at takearecess.com slash autocall M-A-F-S.
2: You guys know I don't drink very much, so Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercall MAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences.
3: And we are back. The next couple that we are introduced to is Lauren and Orion. Now, a lot of people were confusing Orion and Michael. <laughs> Somebody had a tweet saying, hold up, I've been watching two different men. <laughs>
2: I can't be among no them because their aesthetic is very similar. Very, very similar.
3: <laughs> okay, so Orion is 27 and he's an electrical technician. Um, we see him tell his family that he found a match. I mean, before it happened, I was like, oh, I can't tell what his ethnicity is. And then we find out that he is Native American. And I think that's pretty cool because I think he's the first Native American on maths.
2: I love that, by the way. Yeah,
3: pretty cool. And I'm on that kick because I just saw that uh, Martin Scorsese movie, The Killers of the Flower Moon. It's about the stuff that happened to the Native Americans where they were getting killed. So it's just been, I've just had a different perspective on the Native American culture. And honestly, it's so cool. Not like I didn't know about it, but just, I just consumed a lot more about it. And it's just really cool to see. And the way they just embrace and appreciate it, it's cool.
2: Okay. I actually, um, I have had a little bit more exposure um, to Native American tribes and culture recently. And I just um, find it very interesting. I want to read the Killers of the Flower Moon book before I see the movie, um, because I do. But I've been reading like all the articles about the movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's all very... <laughs> it's all very interesting and it's all very, wow, wow, America. Um, It's like, we all know that America really, really, really screwed over Native Americans, stole their land, literally did every bad thing you could do to a group of people. But like now in history, I think we're delving more into the details and the individual stories. And that's good for all of us.
3: Yeah, it is. And you're right. There's been a lot of like, it's, cool to never forget. But then there's the other side of it where people are saying like, Oh, it should have been told from the perspective of the native Americans. But at the same time, it's just, you know, it's interesting because it's still an industry and then they need the big names to sell the movies. And then they tell the story through the lens of the white man. But I don't know. Not bad well, see
2: that same argument about how, oh, we got to have like a, a big white Hollywood actor in order for anybody to care about a story is what they used to say about like black movies. Then they made some black movies from the perspective of black people and we all went to go see them. So am I, am I probably going to see killers of a flower moon? Yes, but I don't buy the idea that it had to be a story centered around white people.
3: Um, I don't think I necessarily think it was centered. I, I personally think that they, Paid homage and it was respectfully, respectfully done because they had, you know, people from the Osage County and all involved with the movies and all that stuff. But I don't know.
2: Well, I'm glad to hear it. You've actually seen the movie. I'm just going off articles. Yeah, <laughs> so if you saw the movie and you think that it was more respectful, then I'm glad to hear it. I'm sorry. A lot of Native Americans have written specifically from that tribe and they're mad about various aspects, but maybe they haven't seen the movie either. I don't know yeah
3: i mean i'd recommend it i saw from a native american and he actually also said the same point where uh article that he wrote where it's like the whole movie things because honestly the budget was like 200 million like granted like people are gonna see the movies but on it like it's just to get robert de niro and all that stuff to get 200 million it's just uh, the system is fucked up anyways back to maths um Orion tells us that he, that in his culture, you're encouraged to explore, it's it's something about the masculine and feminine side, you know, coming together. And he has explored his feminine side because he was curious and he went on a date um, with a man where he got a surprise kiss, but that was the kiss that shut the door and let him know that he wasn't gay. I celebrated early. I was like, oh my God, we have our first LGBTQ representation. And then he was like, no, I'm not gay. And I was like, oh yeah, we are back to square one.
2: So He said he's not gay, but I just got a sense that he had a sense of fluidity.
3: Yes, I agree with you. But I think, but when it comes to sexuality, it's just, we have to go with what he says. Correct, And I just- he was curious, so I
2: don't, I don't know. I don't know. And he also he also didn't say, I'm straight. He just said, I'm not gay. I was like, okay.
3: Yeah, like, I, I mean, I get that's not what the show is about, but I think it would have been interesting to know why he was curious. Like, was he feeling feelings of attraction to other men? So he wanted to satisfy that curiosity? I don't know. But again, just episode one. I assume that he's going to share that with Lauren and that's going to come up and they're going to talk about it. But I think that was my question is like, do you think this is something that he needs to disclose to his bride?
2: Um, well, it depends on who his bride. No, no matter who his bride is, I guess disclose sounds like, I don't know, a bit serious. You could mention it (laughs) at some point.
3: (laughs) Okay, is this, a, I say this close because I don't know, is there something that he should tell his bride? Or is just just like, because I think in general, like, I'm, I don't think you should tell everything. But usually, like, you, you're dating someone, you're getting married to someone, you kind of share, like, your dating history. Oh, I remember when I dated this person. Oh, I remember when I, you know, whatever person. So maybe disclose is the wrong word, but it seemed like it was a defining point in his life that I think it would be important to share with his partner.
2: Important to share, but I just, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like maybe before decision day you drop it, but I I don't know. I think it's more about how you share. And I just don't think it's worth like a, an announcement. I feel like it's more like a, let me just mention this somewhere in our conversations as part of my like dating history.
3: Okay, depending on what you said, I was going to be like, then the next question is like, when do you share or tell? Is it <laughs> is it going to be the beginning? Is it going to be like you said, before decision day? Is it after decision day? Is there a right or wrong time? I don't know. But I'll be curious to hear what you guys think. But again, these are all the things that I think make for the season, like we're already having things that we're talking about and sharing. And to me, it's just, it's cool. It's fun. I've said cool so many times this episode, but honestly, I'm just really excited about this episode. So, um, his friend tells him, or we find out that he tends to rush into relationships, but he needs to take his time because just as quickly as he rushes is just as quick as it fizzles out. And I don't know if that's a foreboding or if that's just words of wisdom. <laughs> but um, I found it interesting that his mom was there, but his mom said nothing the entire time
2: that they were there. Hmm. Maybe she's not a huge, we'll see. Yeah. Oh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she has her moments later or something. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. Then we meet his fiance. It's Lauren. Lauren is 31. And we see her break the news to her family and friends. I would just note to you guys that once again, they give the black woman a husband that is younger than her because she's 31 and Orion is 27.
2: I like then, how he, even if they're branching out, like <laughs> Orion is our first native American. He's now matched with a black woman. There's a lot of first for masks going on here, it feels like. But mm-hmm. I like that they stick to their old patterns because they just can't help themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um,
3: her sport is that we see her jugging in the snow. <laughs> um, Lauren tells us that she identifies as queer or a floater. Um, she's attracted to men and women, but she's a little bit more attracted to the safety a man provides. And I'm like, what the heck does that mean? Because I mean, later down, she says that she's traditional, non-traditional. And I mean, I think that's apt. But what did you think about her saying
2: that? It made sense. Oh, okay. (laughs) I mean, if you're bisexual and you want to be married, you're either going to be married to a man or a woman. Mm -hmm. And for her, she's like, I'd like to be married to a man because I still have traditionalism inside of me. I thought she provided a pretty good explanation.
3: I guess I was struggling with what does the safety a man provides. I don't know what that means. What, how do you define safety?
2: I think it's like a traditional gender role thing.
3: Okay. Because Lord knows there's a lot of men out there that are not meeting those roles. So <laughs> I'd, rather like be with... <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be with someone who just has the entire thing, man or women. So, okay.
2: All right, do you that's think where she I means physical safety, or do you think she means another type of safety?
3: That is why I'm torn because whether she meant physical or financial or anything, it still doesn't make sense to me. Okay, because there are a lot of men who are not stepping up. There are a lot of men who are just not doing it. There are a lot of men who can't fight, who can't. So I, I would like, I wish they asked her an after party, but I don't know. She kind of answered, I think, but it didn't really answer the question. So, yeah. Um, Lauren shares with us that her mom passed away in April, and they showed a picture, and they look so much alike. And I felt so bad for her. Like, you could feel her pain. And it just seemed recent. I don't know when it was filmed. Sorry. January of this year. Of this year? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I figure her oh. mom passed away in April of 2022.
3: Oh, okay. Okay. Um, she said that her mom wanted her to be with a strong man that made her feel safe. Again, I don't know. So she wants to replicate how she feels with her mom. Okay. So I think we have our definition right there. Just someone she can be herself with and be comfortable with. And I think you can get that from a man or a woman. So I don't know. I don't know. So she tells us that, I don't know if you've noticed y'all, but I'm blackity black black. (laughs) and Denver has no color. (laughs) Which, (laughs) I'm going to say that I said it before, like, you know, Mavs choosing Denver was a choice. But she said she's open to someone who isn't black, Her friends whisper, what if it's white? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, don't they know her? Like Lauren already said, like, she's open, she's anything, so she doesn't seem like she cares if it's not white. And then they're like what and then she says what if he's not what if he's not white but he's not black and then the friend was like well if he's a minority then that's half the battle so he kind of understands so that'll be good or whatever and she's like yeah as long as he just has fire and sex and she says like she wants someone that is just as long as he's fine don't come for me y'all i don't think Orion fits the bucket of fine but that's I just okay exact see the world is great there's someone for everyone so hopefully lauren feels that way because that's all that matters as long as she thinks that he's fine pascal tells us that they were matched because of their love for adventure and their culture which is great but this is my problem with maps and their matchmaking it's like being a single cause voter you vote based on just one thing and ignore everything else i just feel like you cannot match someone based on just one thing like oh my god you share the same sense of travel, but everything else, you're not aligned. And then you're like, eh, you figure it out because you can travel together and fix it. So that's my only
2: hesitation. Um, I felt like Lauren and Orion were matched because they're both minorities and they're both, in my I think the way I understand it, not straight.
3: Well, I think that was the code word for, they were matched for adventure and culture. Hmm. So I think that's the same thing. And that's why I'm just like, okay, great. But you know, what else do they have the same family values? Do they have the same financial, you know, stuff like that? Like, I don't know. Well, we didn't watch the matchmaking special. So that's what we get. <laughs> <laughs> so we move on to Austin and Becca, Austin is 31. He has a roommate. That's a woman. His parents come over, he tells his parents, his mom is not having it. I was like, oh, so far this season, everyone seems supportive, but his mom was just like, do you think you're ready? He's like, do you think I'm ready? She's like, no, I don't think you're ready. (laughs) So then out of all that, his dad flat out says, the chances are pretty good that it won't work out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's true. Does that need to be said? (laughs) like, they already chose, you're already filming on camera, again, the only choice is to support them, like, you're not helping anything at this point, um, so they start asking, like, can chemistry be built, and when they start to introduce us to Austin, I'm like, Austin is the Colorado, um, or the Denver archetype that they speak of, because he's all, I like to do this, I like to be outdoors, he has a need to be social, Again, I don't know if I'm looking for like keywords or clue words, but I'm like, "Huh, is this gonna mean something um, later on?" But who knows? We're not gonna know. Um, Becca tells her friends, "Becca has pink hair. Becca has a nose ring, which we now know is popular. Almost half the cast have a nose ring um, this season." She says she's thirty-one and she's eccentric and she likes to have fun and not fit into um, societal norms. And honestly, I think that's the theme for this season. Everyone in Denver is wanting to show us just how different and unique that they are. And it, that's why, honestly, I think that this show is going to be good because they're all going to try to outdo themselves in eccentricity.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> is a cast full of Amelia and Bennett's.
3: Ah, <laughs> We'll see how long we can take it. <laughs> Um, the thing about Becca is she has an autoimmune disorder that affects her. I don't, we, we weren't told exactly what it is. She had to have abdominal surgery and then she found out that she has endometriosis. And my first instinct was like, oh damn, that's a lot. And I don't know if I'm being fair or not. And I wanted to get your take on that. Like, how do I phrase this? I don't think anybody should be. I don't think... I think everybody deserves love, obviously. I don't think they should be discriminatory based on that. But I think there's a huge layer when you're marrying a stranger. And I'm just wondering what questions... What are the necessary questions to ask if someone is okay with... Like, do you think it's fair that... Do you know what I'm trying to ask? Like, I don't want to use the word disclose again. Like, should she, should someone,
2: do you? Where you're going, <laughs> I think with this, is that like, mass is already a, you've got a lot working against you in a sense. Yes. And there is an aspect of in sickness and in health that it's not something that people overlook per se, but it's kind of a choice that they make in a relationship. Like if you meet somebody and they get sick, then you kind of make the choice to stay with them. But people start dating people who are not 100% healthy all the time. And I see where you're going with this. You're like, is this another difficulty that they've added unnecessarily?
3: Yes, exactly. Because I'm not saying, again, that they shouldn't. There are two layers to this that I'm looking at it. Everybody has different levels to their capacity. There are some people who have the range and they're just natural caretakers and they can be with them for X, Y, Z or whatever it is. It could be something as maybe you meet someone and they tell you, man or woman, and like, oh, I'm not able to have children. For some people, oh, that's a deal breaker. Like, I need to have children. I don't want to do this. And they make that choice. They don't have that choice when you're getting married at first sight. But is this one of the things that we have to chalk up to is the risk you take when you decide to get married sight unseen Or is this something that should be in the questionnaire? Like, hey, what if your partner has X, Y, Z? Are you willing to do that? Like, I don't know. It's kind of like asking if someone is open to an interracial marriage, right? Yeah,
2: it's a challenge.
3: Yeah, so I don't know. That's uh, something interesting. So at the same time, it'll be interesting to see when and how she discloses this to Austin. Um, I think we've had something similar to this in MAFS Australia. She had um I wanna say cystic fibrosis, actually. Um, and she disclosed it on the wedding night
2: to him. So And then what happened?
3: <laughs> um, they were all great throughout the wedding until after it just didn't
2: work out. He bailed. <laughs> it's so- difficult to say if it was That or the fact that like hardly anybody on Married at First Sight Australia ever works out in their many, many seasons.
3: Exactly. Because they were doing fine until he, it was other things. He couldn't even give like a hug. He's not from an affectionate family and she required a lot. And then his mom was like, she's very needy. So, (laughs) so there were other things. So anyways, um, speaking of Australia, we meet our final couple, which is Cameron and Claire. And I'm like, okay, this season is really different because we actually they never actually mentioned that he was Australian. Or did they? It was just the accent. Um He said it. Didn't he say he had come from Australia? I don't know. I try to listen intently. <laughs> because at first I was like, oh, we have an Australian. Then I was like, wait, what if it's New Zealand and I just can't tell? And I try to hear, but I don't I didn't hear it. And he just said his family wasn't around and he had like uh, adoptive parents but i'm like why cast someone with no family like that's part of the journey but then i was like i'm being a hypocrite because you know some people come to another country and don't have their family so i guess it's possible but he tells us that he was a fearful child and he and his adoptive family tells us that he's picky And he's worked through his fears and now he wants to live through life. He has like a biking company and he bikes and does all of the things and he's ready to get married. We meet Claire and I will say that Claire's reveal was my favorite. She did charades. She brought her entire family. And then we find out that Claire is 27. Claire is a therapist and Claire is part of a quadruplet.
2: I love that one. I love that fun fact. Then uh, they show the picture of the four babies, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's a bit. That's just a, a unique life experience. Like there are so yeah. few people who like even twins is not as cool as quadruplets.
3: Yeah, I was still getting over the therapist part because I was like, how's the therapist going to sit with the therapist as they try to therap- therapize her? That would be so fun to watch. And then they drop the quadruplet part. And then we find out that um, her brother, who was the only boy in the quadruplets, passed away. And what I found interesting was when they were showing pictures of them as kids with her brother, there was a blurred face of the woman, but her mom was at the reveal. So whose face was blurred? Wasn't it their mom or she just didn't want us to see when she was younger? Um, uh, Probably. I just thought it was very interesting. Um, We find out that her brother um, committed suicide. So it was really sad and she was crying. And I can imagine that that's such a loss um, for the family. Um, Her sport was rowing and doing weights. She's looking for someone to take her out of her comfort zone. And I'm like, let me guess. They were paired for being fearful. That's their single thing they have in common. But I just loved everything about her family I just loved how happy they were for her her sisters and all that and just as I was thinking like oh oh sorry and I will say that I don't I don't have any strong bases but Cameron and Claire were my favorite couple really so far I, I I I I have no basis so ask me again in another episode but yeah uh so, just as I was wondering, like, we've seen Pascal, we've seen Dr. Pia, where is Dr. Pepper? Dr. Pepper comes on our screen looking good as hell. And somebody let me know, because um, that she has been taking Ozempic. So, she lost 30 pounds. I just thought she looked refreshed. I thought she had surgery or something. But, no, she lost 30 pounds, and she's still on Ozempic, and she looked good.
2: We have been watching... Look, I'm not saying that I know anybody's medical history. It's between them and their doctor. But I look at Dr. Pepper and I'm like, you're a candidate for Olympic?
3: She's not. She's taking it strictly for weight loss. Okay. (laughs) She said her, well, she said she kind of, she said her, her blood pressure is down, her cholesterol is down, but that's not what it does. It's for diabetes, but she's just like, I've been struggling this whole time. I don't have that much left. Like, why not? And this works for me. So, hey. So she took it, and it works for her. She says she's 4'9", so it's just harder. Everything just shows more on her. Yeah,
2: you, can, you have to eat very few calories to lose weight when you're short. Anyways, good for Dr. Pepper.
3: <laughs> All right. Um, we will be back to talk about wedding dress shopping.
2: And we are back. We are back to Emily in the bridal store looking for a dress. She once again reminds us of her special something, which is that she's never been in a relationship. And she can't believe that she's gone from never being in a relationship to shopping for a wedding dress. She reminds us that she has spark. And so her dress needs to show that. I was like, I'm still not (laughs) seeing the spark that you speak of, but okay.
3: I couldn't get over the shop attendant's eyebrows. I'm sorry. It was non-existent and I just kept staring at them and I was like, where are they? Where did it go?
2: I kept on looking at the shop attendant like something's not right, but I didn't (laughs) zoom in on the eyebrows. It's the eyebrows. They were so thin. (laughs) I was like, it's a whole aesthetic. Um, (laughs) It's definitely like, wow, I'm really going to be on TV today. Like That can't be your everyday look. Um... (laughs) So Brennan is also tuck shopping. He originally comes out in Burgundy. He also makes a reference to to his friends about how he doesn't want her to see him and run away. And I'm like, oh, God, we're just going to keep on referring back to Michael's misery. (laughs) 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 Um, He comes out in Burgundy at first. I'm a fan of the Burgundy.
3: Nobody chose anything that I liked.
2: I thought he looked quite good in the Burgundy. I know it's a fashion risk. Um, But his friends say that he should get black. Yeah, I'm
3: with you, by the way. The burgundy was good.
2: Emily is... We're seeing lots of video of her trying on dresses in the dressing room while her bridesmaids and friends are sitting there waiting for her to come out. But she doesn't like any of the ones she's tried on enough to come out to show them. And so... (laughs) uh, Yeah. Um, then she finally comes out in one and she is just all over the place she's like she feels rushed this dress doesn't look good blah 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 and her friends are like trying to get to the meat of it like do you feel rushed about the wedding or do you feel rushed about the dress and in the classic like emotionally avoidant style because like recognizes like um, she's like she starts dodging her questions Um, Mm -hmm. then she goes back in and they start talking shit about see she's dodging our questions (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> did you like the dress that she chose sure <laughs> um i didn't i just liked the dress that made her suddenly nervous and i was like oh i didn't like it but like i said no one picked the dress that i liked so
2: he picks a tux and i'm, I'm not gonna it's very funny Is like i remember watching people pick this stuff but i don't remember their final choices um, but we get to see their wedding later. And I must have liked it because I didn't did register. She does have a moment in the end with the bridesmaids um, that didn't feel very resolved. It just felt like she was crying, she was upset, and then we were done. <laughs> the next person we see going to find their clothes are Lauren and Orion. So Lauren goes dress shopping. She starts with a selfie cam where she says that she's really sad Um, She cried this morning because she never imagined doing this without her mom. My heart just went out to her. Um, But she also is like, yeah, I'm sad, but I'm going to get through it. And I'm excited to find a dress. And I was happy for her. Um, And she said she would probably cry some more. And I was like, go ahead. You're entitled.
3: (laughs) I just want to give kudos to her pregnant cousin schlepping it all around for her to shoot this TV show. Because she's very pregnant. So good for her.
2: You know, in Laura's intro package, they mentioned that she's a government employee. And as a government employee, I'm like, where she work? (laughs) But but I haven't figured it out. I tried a little bit, but I haven't figured it out. Can't you just
3: search her name?
2: If she worked for my department, yes. But um, I didn't even think to try that, and I should have. Because I just assumed that she didn't work for my department. And there's no, like, government-wide registry.
3: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
2: Um... (laughs) She tells the dress assistant that she wants a mermaid, like a fit and flair, a body hugging. Then we go to Orion, and the first one he tries on is green, and I like the green on him. Yep, the green was better. But she's he didn't screen. pick that.
3: He didn't pick that. <laughs>
2: um, she, she uh, Lauren comes out in the dress, and she's talking to her friend's and she talks about trying on her mom's wedding dress when she was 16, and it didn't look good. And they talk about how her mom would be proud of how her boobs look in that... I'm sorry, specifically her titties look in that dress, and I really loved that moment. Then Lauren has a bit of a breakdown, and they have to, like... They call her aunt to, like, kind of talk to her. Um, But they're so... Like, I just loved her family. They just said all the right things, and they were so supportive, and I just... I felt like she was entitled. Like everybody's allowed.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, and yeah. then she said um, that it wasn't a breakdown; it was a breakthrough. Like, it, like you know, she got through it, and she's happy with her dress. So it was good.
3: I wasn't happy with her dress.
2: Cause you, you're ready to. You're not gonna be happy with anybody's dress, apparently. <laughs> Every now and then I love somebody's dress, but for the most part, I'm like, oh, it was okay, or oh, I really hated it. But that's just very rare. Usually I'm very ambivalent about these wedding dresses. Mm-hmm. I just feel, and this is a point where I just felt like the show was really hurrying up. Like, I'm like, I cannot believe at the speed at which we are going, please keep this going for the whole season. <laughs> Um, like I was like, bachelor, bachelorette party, because that's where we went to next. Yep. Um, the guys have some very serious strippers with platform heels. (laughs) The girls also have strippers, and this is just a whole game of keeping track of who's interested and who's not. So Austin is like, I'm out. Like, let me just go over here to the corner. I have no interest and hanging out with strippers or getting a lap dance or anything Lord was
3: sorry but everyone made sure to let us know to make sure we know that they're sex worker positive
2: <laughs> we heard that like twice how many times? <laughs> twice <laughs> specifically from orion and i believe becca um And I was just, I think that says something about our Denver vibes. Liberal, (laughs) liberal, liberal. Um, I feel like it's one of those things where other liberals don't even know that they're supposed to be sex worker positive. But these liberals know they're supposed to be sex worker positive.
3: And have to make sure that you know that they know that they're (laughs) supposed to be sex worker positive.
2: Uh, Claire is doing body shots. She's having a good time. Orion likes the strippers. He says that they have a Cirque du Soleil skill set. I will say, we've run the gamut of strippers on Married at First Sight, and I did think these were the most like skilled and professional female strippers that we have seen.
3: Um, I don't remember that much because I'm beginning to think that this is a late um addition like the new orleans was that, the first? Mm-hmm, that then was Atlanta the first and all that okay these ones really worked hard for their money so much so that i really really think that i'm 98 sure that i saw ingrown hair bumps
2: like yes much but area I, I was like this is lifetime <laughs> this is <laughs> lifetime what so, am i seeing here <laughs>
3: You know, the camera is close when you can see them ingrown hairs, but okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lauren says that Emily likes to party. Lauren is our commentator for the the bachelorette party. At one point, Emily is like, it looks like she's trying to do a handstand near the bar. And they have to do like a, a blurring out of her nether regions. Um.
3: no she was twerking <laughs> was
2: saying, what down. is going on
3: it's the upside down twerk against the wall
2: oh okay what can stand to me <laughs> she tells us that she loves to drink and admits that she's had a little too much but that they're really fun um Becca has fun and she makes a joke about wondering if her husband ran away from the strippers, which is kind of what happened, which was funny. Um, at one point, I believe Austin is trying to get the strippers at their party to put on a jacket. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um, this was another weird re- when I was like, wait, this is the first time that we've seen everybody together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I'd like to believe that I'm going to go, did you watch, you didn't watch, them, we didn't watch the matchmaking special or the kickoff special. And I'm like, maybe those things happened there where everybody met up. Cause it doesn't seem like it was their first time meeting.
3: Oh, really? I think maybe it was edited weird because of, oh no, you're right. Cause usually they meet first, you know, at a bar or something, mm-hmm. but maybe because they're pushing along the episode, they just didn't show it.
2: And the fact that they are cutting out a whole woman. Yeah. Um, I don't think I even mentioned but in Love is Blind, we didn't have bachelor and bachelorette parties because they had to cut out so many people.
3: Yeah. Oh, what a hot mess.
2: Um, so Lauren, the girls are sitting around, they're talking. Lauren says she doesn't need a big penis. She's had eight or nine. It's fine, but she doesn't need it. Then we flash to Orion saying, the wedding night's going to suck because of how much it hurts. And the poor guys are like, what is this man saying? What is he saying? And then he goes into more detail to clarify. He's like, have you ever heard of a girth certificate? And they're like, no, we're still confused. And then he says, when you hit the wall, it's not great. Once again, I'm like, this is lifetime. <laughs> and he tells us that he's too girthy to enjoy the woman that he's with. And they ask if it's something, if he's experienced. So the Australian, <laughs> I'm sorry, Australian, <laughs> Cameron, the Australian, basically says, asks him, so are you saying that you failed at sex because your dick was too big? (laughs) Austin tells us that he doesn't want to talk about Orion Schlong. I'm like, I'm with you, Austin. (laughs) And there is no conclusion to that conversation. We just kind of ended.
3: This is the moment I put in my notes. I am in for the season. I never in a million years was I expected to hear GERS certificate. And I'm just like, you know what, whatever.
2: I mean, I don't care what happens. (laughs) But now I'm I'm really invested because I'm like, I need Orion and Lauren to have sex because I need a report back on this (laughs)
3: situation. (laughs) I cannot wait. I'm going to need all of these people to have sex this season because last year, I don't know what everybody was doing, but we need to know about the girl certificate. Uh, Wouldn't it be something if she's like, uh, no, like, <laughs> that what he,
2: what? Truth be told, though, that's what I'm expecting. I, that is what I'm expecting. She'll be like, what are you talking about? It was normal.
3: Oh, I cannot wait. can't wait. <laughs>
2: So we are getting ready for our very first wedding. And Brennan and Emily are up. Um, she's ready. I keep on looking. I'm like, that maid of honor is the one who said basically that she's a selfish person. <laughs> and I'm like, you're the maid of honor? Oh, gosh. Um, this is where he mentions to his groomsmen that he's nervous because he's Russian. news to all of us and he he didn't say he said um, a regular American girl mm-hmm. he, he is very and his fam, we'll find out later from his family they are very fixated on you only get married once
3: mm-hmm. she's like we don't do that Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay we see where it comes from now
2: we see um, Emily she has a thing where, where she's nervous she's sweaty and I feel for this girl um, <laughs> I think I have the same thing well, you're a very sweaty person. It's very annoying. And good news, you do live in Denver. Because I'm like, you just open a door. It looks like the middle of winter. There's, You'll be fine. Um, but she says she's very nervous and very sweaty. And she keeps on like leaving the interview to go be nervous. Um, his dad seems very skeptical of the whole experience. But he does say, you have to do everything to make her happy. I'm like, that is, that is some good marital advice. Um, and they reiterate, you're only allowed to get married once in this family. <laughs> I am a big fan of her bridesmaids dresses there's I, I like green there's different varieties I thought they looked good on every girl and it was a nice color
4: mm-hmm.
2: so we go through all of the waiting and the draw I even felt like that was quicker than it's ever been and she, she walked down the aisle with her dad and we see the look on his face when he sees her and I couldn't tell I was like does he think she's pretty I can't tell She seemed a little pleased. And then the further she got down, the more he looked pleased. And I appreciated that when they got to the altar, they hugged. Yeah. And he said, you look great. And I was like, I I think this is is a good direction.
3: Mm. It always starts well. I said, (laughs) it always starts well. And I don't know. I will say, though, they were my second couple that I have a positive thought about. What do you mean? Like they'll work out.
2: Oh yeah. I have high hopes I mean, um, I'm I'm how do I put I, I've been scammed many times and it doesn't stop anything. I have high hopes for all the couples at this point.
0: <laughs>
2: except for the one we already know left. but I do think Emily and Brennan are like a good match. I got high hopes for Orion and Lauren too. We'll, we'll see.
3: <laughs> I'm just going to say feelings are not facts. So I don't trust myself <laughs> or MAPS <laughs>
2: to not make me look stupid. <laughs> so they do like the family descriptions and I was like getting, st- I'm like, what was wrong with this woman's friends and family? Because they basically do this thing that she talks too much. Um, but then they do his and his friends and family said the same thing about him. And I was kind of relieved. Um, either they're screwed because someone has to do the listening while someone's talking or they're well matched because they both talk a lot. Her vow, they say vows and she pulls out like her scroll that is (laughs) multiple pages, but maybe the type is big. She gets it all out there. She's like, this is my first relationship, my first time being in love, hopefully. Um, I didn't really think that they were vows. I thought that they were taking an opportunity to tell each other about themselves and I'm fine with that.
3: I am not fine with that. That's not how you say you've never been in a relationship. The man is already nervous. You don't know what he's thinking. Like, at least have it during the first conversation, not in your quote-unquote vows. That was a choice. Um,
2: yeah. Okay, I see where you're coming from. But I also, you know how I feel about vows. Like, why are these people vowing things to each other? They just got there. (laughs) Oh, so at the end of it, they share a pretty nice kiss. Yes, another good sign. Photographs very well, and we're back, people. We have finished our first episode of Maths, and I'm, I missed it so much. I'm so glad it's back.
3: Yeah, I mean, Cameron. Um, I said Cameron. Um, Brennan didn't even have to say, "May I?" He just went for the kiss, and there wasn't all this. Oh, he didn't ask my permission. He didn't. It was just a kiss. Like, it's not the end of the world. I just always, it irritates me when people make a big deal about the first kiss. So, this is great, is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I enjoyed watching his parents rocking their transition lenses. They were just sitting there <laughs> looking all cool. On <laughs> there. So, um, two things I thought of when there. So, the missing bride or the anonymous bride that we didn't see. Again, the internet is saying that she decided to say no before even seeing him, that it wasn't even a thing about his looks. So I don't know, again, I don't know if that's true. But it had me thinking, do you think that's why it took longer for the season? Them trying to figure out the legal aspect, like can they show her or can they not? And maybe they were like legally when they did all the research and all that, they can't, then they had to recut everything all over because they had to not show her face.
2: Um, no. Well, maybe the time to make the decision, but I feel like once the decision was made, they can do that stuff pretty quickly. It's a lot of pressure, but they can, they, I mean, I think they can do it with a quickness when they want to. Well, I
3: think that if they had already done the editing and then already told the story and the narrative and all that, and you had to go back and rechange everything. Okay. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. I'm just, I just thought about that,
2: but yeah. Okay. I wish that they, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a, first off, I know Mavs Fan has her face because Maps Fan showed us all these people months ago.
3: Oh, and he included her?
2: Yes. She showed us five couples. So I feel like, I haven't looked lately, but I will, I feel like. So that means there was a rollout to include her.
3: Because I think how they would have advertised this would have been like, which of these couples will not make it to the altar? And just have question marks all through and not... Oh, well, I don't know. Speculation is just what it is.
2: <laughs> I don't... And I think you already said this. I don't like that they're allowing her to be cut out. Because I know she signed paperwork mm-hmm. where they don't have to cut her out. On one hand, we're like, oh, these these people are being like more sensitive or whatever. On the other hand, it's bullshit. You signed the paperwork. <laughs> well, somehow they found the loophole
3: because I don't know what benefit they get in protecting her. So her lawyers were either really good and found something that lets her get away with it.
2: So, um, okay. I I I will say this. I don't I don't think lawyers. I think the the network lawyers are better than any lawyer she could get. I think mm-hmm. this is the production company and the network making a choice. Not because they're actually worried about litigation. Okay. But that's just my opinion. Um. So, Tang, who has your bouquet for this week?
3: I decided to give it to Claire's mom and family. I cannot describe how I felt watching their reaction to her getting married. And I don't know if it's the side by side of watching lauren after she lost her mom and her mom not being there and just seeing the support that claire's mom had when she blew her that kiss or whatever it's a totally sentimental bouquet but it was just a nice that scene just encapsulated what love from your family is and can do to a person like he just gave her a pep in his step and even her sister is just being like oh claire and just being genuinely happy for her compare that to emily's friend saying you're selfish austin's mom saying or dad saying statistically it's not gonna work or whatever it just felt like a really feel good moment and that was my bouquet Hmm, who
2: has yours well if you get to do a sentimental one then i get to do a sentimental one I have to give the bouquet to Lauren's family and friends. I just felt like in all moments, and her Aunt Sandra, they uplifted her, comforted her, acknowledged her feelings, and just like got her through a very emotional event. Um, and so I just I'm gonna give it to them because I really it was beautiful. The same way you felt about Claire's family is how I felt about Lauren's family. Okay. Who has your burnt ashes? Orion. I don't even have to think about it.
3: <laughs> I mean, it made me laugh. It made me do everything. But honestly, a grown man that thinks that he needs to announce that he has a girth certificate is childish. So he has my ashes. Who has yours?
2: I look forward to discussing more about Orion's girth certificate and After Party. Um, so go find that on Patreon. My Ashes, go to this girl who didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of annoyed that the show didn't, like, finish that story. Like, we started it, but we didn't finish it. But Max is a choice. There are plenty of options to drop out before you get to the wedding part. We know this. And you didn't take any of them. And now you've wasted a whole couple for a season. <laughs> and I don't think that that's right. <laughs> Uh, I feel so bad for him. I really do. Uh I've, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, do they try to do a do-over? But anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, maybe her face will be revealed to us at some point, but I don't think so. Um, <laughs> 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 But with that, that's it for this first week of Maths Denver. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We're glad to be back. We can't wait to hear what you guys think of this season and these people. So come find us on social media and let your thoughts be known. Yeah, if
3: you're so inclined, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we will be here next week. Don't forget the episode is going to be later, but we will have one. And you can hear more on After Party on our Patreon. See you next week, guys. Bye.